Here we go, back to the final regular season episode of Trash Talk. I'm here with my man, Corey Homicide-Williams, who if you've seen him on Instagram, just repping Aston Martin and whatnot on the weekend. So it's just a bit of a step down now after you've been off the uh, Aston Martin commercial, Lenovo. You've got every brand in Australia going. My other man, Mark Worthington. We got any brands going for you? Uh, Cotton on? Just, just for men. <laughs> just for men? Just jeans? Some of those ones? I got nothing. Anyway... He's not dressed up in the tux he was yesterday, but he's wearing an old school throwback. One of my favorite jerseys of all time, the Toronto Raptors jerseys. We know you've always got a story that goes with these. Definitely. Shout out to basketball jersey. Listen, the streak of jerseys continue. I think I'm going to keep going for probably about, maybe about two or three more months. Is that company still in business? Definitely. The amount of stuff that you've got going? Definitely in business. People are going up there. And, like I said, go to I basketball went there. I went jersey. There. I got one. I got a Philly jersey. Tell them how much I Speaking of that, did you see... Tatum and Simmons go at it last game. See the two dunks back to oh back? Oh, my God. Simmons one end, Tatum the other end. That was yeah, Tatum's was nicer, but wow. Yeah, yeah, that was sick. That was real sick. Shout out to the young gunners. But um, the story about Vince Carter, right? I got my opportunity with Toronto the year he got, dra- he got traded to New Jersey. So I wasn't on the team when he was there. However, I watched a documentary the other day called The Carter Effect. That's a great documentary. Unbelievable. If you haven't seen The Carter Effect, check it out. It's on Netflix, isn't it? It is, it is on Netflix. Netflix. Unbelievable for any basketball fan. And just the impact that a man had in a whole country. Because back in those days, those were expansion teams, Vancouver Grizzlies and the Toronto Raptors. And in the basketball world, no one rated Canada. People hated going up there. Canada's literally like people in America looked at Canada like, if you're going to Australia, like that far, it's just the, the, the disconnection. They hate going to their own games, right? <laughs> so the fan, there wasn't no fans there, and you know it was just a lot. But what he did for the community, for the country, for the culture, it was phenomenal. For the nightlife, definitely for the nightlife. He introduced <laughs> bottle service. That's in wild. The country. He the country. Yeah, he changed the country. He opened up a club. He had so much success on and off the court in that country they owe him a lot and they finally paid homage because obviously management came over they didn't agree traded him got him out of there and the country actually booed him every time he came back to toronto and uh at the end you know they finally gave him a standing ovation and it was emotional for him he cried and it was awesome i mean he's still in the nba at 40 still playing and dunking and dunking and dunking yeah so that's just incredible shout out to vince carter now you talk about that like when so when vince carter and tracy Ray, now we've only got not long left in the season and only a couple of important games this final round so we'll jump on some random other topics vince carter not, not as much vince carter but tracy mcgrady these guys when they left getting booed when they returned that sort of stuff for a while and eventually it got healed it just reminds me of the mitch creek situation when he comes back to southeast melbourne Playing against the Adelaide 36ers. Now we know how vocal that Adelaide 36ers crowd is. How hostile do you reckon that's going to be? Or do you reckon do you reckon it's going to be hostile towards him? Because he's come out and said that he has ill feelings towards the organization and he's going to come after them. Which which side of the spectrum do you reckon that one's going to be on? They won't boo him. Because that's I think, what I was thinking. Because the people in Adelaide, if you read his words the right way, he says he still loves that club. There's just certain individuals within that club. That he holds hard feelings against. Which is management. It's not Joey Which Wright. Which is management. It is not Joey Wright. It is people above Joey. Right. So when he comes back to Adelaide, he'll get a standing ovation. As he should. He should. He'll get a standing ovation if he comes back to Adelaide. 
because there's always that chance that he's not coming back to the NBL. You reckon that's still a chance? It, well, the things that he's been doing on his 10-day contract and the, the second stint, he has to get a look in for next year. Well, he has to get a look NBA. in. If I'm the Phoenix, I'm sweating bullets right now. I want him to, like, social media, <laughs> like, that's our man, Mitch Creek. Great job, Mitch. Behind the closed doors, like, fuck, I hope he... Like, I hope he does well, but not that well, because we want him to come back. I'll tell you this right now. Phoenix, Tommy Greer and company, go find yourself a new marquee <laughs> player. That man will be in the NBA next season. I don't know. I Look, I absolutely love Mitch Creek's skill set, and I love who he is as a person. I think he's been unbelievable on both his 10-day contracts. I think his first 10-day contract came from, you know, they always want to give these guys a chance, but he earned that second 10-day contract via how the way he played on the first one. But I don't think that it's going to translate into an NBA contract next year. I think there's so many guys in the league that do what he does. And with new guys coming out of college, I think it's going to be an even harder opportunity you next year. You fucking hater. <laughs> you, you hater. I'll tell you, I'll tell you why he's going I'm to get... I'm not a hater. I love Mitch I'm going to tell you why he's going to get an NBA contract. Because he's a great team guy. And on the end of the bench in the NBA, you want guys that the rest of the group want to be around. You don't want a turd that may be better basketball-wise, but it's just going to be shitty every day of the week and sit on the end of the bench and bitch and complain and all that. Mitch is going to be happy that he's there. 100%. Will he want, will he want more time? Yes, he will. But he's grown up in a system with Joey Wright that you celebrate other people's success, and he'll be that guy on the bench. And that's why Cam Bairstow stayed in the league for another year in Chicago because he was that guy on the bench in Chicago. He'll get an NBA contract because he's a great dude. So you're saying it's going to be Brooklyn to pick him up because Brooklyn are the only ones that have the proper scope into what he's like on the bench. Other teams aren't focusing on what other dudes' 10-day contract guys are doing. So the only people who know the impact I that he disagree. can bring, and I fully agree with you, the impact yep. that he brings. I, I, I think he deserves a spot. I just don't know if he's going to get it because I don't think any of the other teams realize what he brings off the court. I think you'd be surprised at how many different people there are looking at different teams and what people are doing. Like the NBA is so diverse and so spread out that there is a guy literally for every team looking at what people are doing they're seeing what he's doing <laughs> someone like dallas who's getting all these international dudes right now be like why won't we get another we'll get another international dude and be a great team dude we've already got one australian on the bench that's great for us why not get a second one you know there's other teams looking at him the way i look at it is this what you said is correct and on the other side, what he's saying is correct. There's a million people that can do what he does. However, would you rather have somebody that's the 15th man, like Mitch Creek, on the end of your team? You know he's not bitching or complaining. He's going to go hard. When he gets in the game, he's going to give you 110%. If he's giving you those numbers as the 15th man, you know what? You'd rather have him on your team as the 15th man who's not even going to play. He's 100%. a 2020 player. What that means is... Whether you're 20 up or 20 down, that's when you're going to get in the game. And he'll be that guy for the 15th spot. I'll, I'll gamble with him on my 15th on my 15th man roster. And I agree. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah I, I believe that he deserves I think there's so many players in the NBA right now that he deserves to be in over. It was the same for when you were playing. I'm yeah. sure there was plenty of dudes in the league that you were like, oh, I'm better than this dude. I'm a better dude than this guy. Like, There's so many guys in the NBA that are there because you know college connections are what it is. NBA yeah. is right place, right time. 100%, yeah. And it's who you know, not what you know. Which I maybe right. not the reason I didn't make it. I think there was different reasons why I didn't make the NBA more on-court basketball skill-based. But I there's plenty of guys. I couldn't jump. 
I couldn't jump. That's why I never. I made couldn't it. shoot. I couldn't shoot, dribble, defend. I, I kind of just didn't have the uh, the three pronged attack. I think if he, okay, when his second ten day is done, Brooklyn have to make a decision, and it's he's done. done. He's done. The year. He's done. Okay, so did, are that, that's what him? I'm saying. That's why I thought if they were going to sign him, they they they're probably going to take. They would have taken him by now. Maybe when 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 did it end? They cut. He cut the second ten day short. He did seven days. Okay. I think on the on the second ten day contract, and then okay. they cut him. And then so at that point, because you know why sometimes once the ten the second ten is done, you got to sign him for the rest. I think. And that's the issue. And they did sign another player. I'm not exactly sure who it was, but really? it was someone who wasn't from that Long Island Nets team. It was someone elsewhere where it was like, okay, yeah, you would sign this guy. Okay. Potentially at the end of the year. So I think maybe he goes back to the league, the G League. G league. And then maybe somebody else call him. Look, this that's 30, the thing. No, he's open for any team that wants him. And right. any, any team can sign him for the rest of the year yeah. if they play. So, so and you know how agents are working in the back; they're right. pushing these things and stuff. So it wouldn't shock me if he got another opportunity this year, and I hope he does. But let's jump back onto some NBL action. All right, and let's do it. Actually, we'll jump into the awards, the awards stuff, and a couple of things because you are listening to the second best podcast, apparently. Were they? Not- <laughs> I love Nathan Stremple. I've never, met, I've never met Shane Hill, but I, I, as someone else who bleaches his hair, I, I have a mutual respect for Shane right, Hill. I right. think he's, I'm sure he's a great dude. But come on now, there's a lot of views coming through on this thing. <laughs> and the beautiful, beautiful thing about Twitter. Nah, I think I and think- Facebook, as we can see the views which are going on on the other program. <laughs> I think that. Uh- one, it's just great for so many different other platforms coming to talk about hoop. Fantastic. And it's Agreed. great that uh, it's not running unopposed this year as it did in the past. Right. We need a studio. <laughs> <laughs> All we get is audio. We need visual. That's it. They have visual. We're good you looking You can dudes. see them. You know? You guys, like, no. <laughs> Pause, no, but only this guy actually is <laughs> a good looking guy. You know, but... um. Yeah, I think that we need this studio done. That would do better. Well, as soon as it's us. done next year, we can pencil this award. I'm going to get up on stage and say, yeah, yeah, it's all good and well, basketball show. You take it out this year. But next year, that's bang, we I'm pulling it. Or no, I'm just- no, we just cuss too much. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that, that, that's probably it. <laughs> we cuss too much. We're a little bit too real. If the free drinks are rolling with this thing, then there's a very oh. real chance that I pull a Kanye West when Strample goes up to get that award. <laughs> Best podcast. Look, Strample, I love you. I love you. No. The sports <laughs> man had the best podcast of all time. <laughs> no, our uh, podcast is pretty good. Yeah, can't, but can't. shout out to Nath and to Hammer. Fantastic, two, fantastic. Two good yeah, of course. Now, well, no, we will talk about the awards right now before we jump into the final games and their ramifications. But the MVP award is going to be decided by the coaches and captains before the Melbourne-Perth game, which is the final game on the Sunday before the awards dinner. Now, am I right in saying... Yes, you are. The, <laughs> you read my mind here, were though. Elevator talk. Casper Ware and Bryce Cotton, this game, head-to-head, if Casper Ware comes out and has 30 and Bryce Cotton has what he almost had last week in a donut, he had an unbelievable finish to the game. But if Casper Ware plays brilliant, and Bryce Cotton plays terrible and vice versa, and the winner of that game goes to the top of the ladder, it goes a long way, in my opinion, in deciding who's the MVP because it's very hard to split Andrew Bogut, Bryce Cotton, and Casper where there's a school of thought saying that it should just go to whoever's team finishes on top to one of those guys. Now, the award's already going to be decided before top of the ladder's decided and a final game where these two guys are going head-to-head. Thoughts, queries, opinions, were though? Well, I think it has come down to... Casper and Cotton. I think Bogut would be third. You got him he's, third. 
his his impact his impact has been profound, but if we didn't see the value of what Bryce Cotton is to his team out of the last game versus Sydney, then I think we're missing the whole point of what an MVP is. And I think we've been able to see Bryce Cotton out of the Perth lineup and how they do. We haven't actually been able to see how Perth do, how Sydney do without Bogan in the lineup. If he had missed a couple of games and they lose by 20, I think it actually would have helped him in terms of this MVP award. Yeah, I think you're right. Just he single-handedly flipped against arguably the best roster on paper in one and a bit quarters, essentially. That was one ridiculous. Of, what is it, 16 minutes? 16-20. 16-20, and he has 27. And they're the type of things that push you further in the MVP award. And what happens if Casper comes out and does the exact same thing that Bryce Cotton did to Sydney to Perth when the award's already been decided? I, I agree with all of that. I think the MVP voting has been very similar to what we've seen regular season where the person who probably becomes the favourite stumbles. Yeah. Like we've seen teams get to first place. Oh, and dangerous then, spot. Then stumble, you know, and the MVP voting has been exactly the same. I feel like at the start of the season, Bryce Cotton was there and then Perth go on and lose what? Like eight out of 11. Eight yeah. out of 11 or eight out of 10. And then you're like, well, well, maybe. And Bogut was playing well in that that period of time. And Casper Ware was coming up because he had the real quiet first seven rounds of the season, you know. So it's sort of been, it's like no one wants to be regular season champion and no one wants to be MVP. No. So, <clears throat> but it's been close and entertaining all the same. They need to bring it back to where Chris Anstey won it. They brought the, you won a Hummer, didn't he? he Which I'm not sure. I've been in a Hummer before, and I don't think Chris is fitting in a Hummer. Uh, he probably took but the cash fat, value. It's a fat check when you take the cash value. He made it. I know the story behind this. Let's hear it. Because I was I finished third that year in the voting. Damn, that's close. That's close to a car. Man. That's no, close that to a suck. car, and I needed the car way more <laughs> than Anstey needed the car at that stage. He still had those Dallas Mavericks checks coming in. But Chris never used the car. He gave it to – it became the team car. Whoever you, whoever wanted it in the Tigers team could have it. And so it was either the first or the second weekend that it became the, the team car for the Tigers. And DMAC uses the car because he's moving house. <laughs> DMAC, like, throws stuff in there and basically rips all the leather <laughs> in the backseat of a brand-new Hummer. <laughs> oh, I love DMAC. I would have took cash value. I thought you said there had to be there had to be something in the contract that says yes, you've got the car, but you can't sell it within the first. Uh, You can't just start live auctioning it at the awards dinner itself. That's what I would have done. I would have put it on eBay. (laughs) (laughs) It's got NBL MVP or like embroidered on the seats. (laughs) No, not mine. Not mine. Okay, so there's that one, and then the other one that is an interesting, just the risk you run when you have these things so close. Chris Goulding. Now, would you guys agree with me in saying that he, averaging 14 points off the bench, is the sixth man of the year? Who else? There's no one else that is averaging anywhere near the same numbers as Chris Goulding off the bench. He's the sixth man of the year. Has he played enough games to be? Here's where it gets interesting. He will. Oh, that last round. The last, the last game, game when he comes off the bench. But the awards have been decided before that game. They're submitted already before He's that game. man of the year. But boy, he's ineligible when they're submitted. But what happens if you then make him the sixth man of the year and then he rolls an ankle in the warm-up and he doesn't play? Then he's not eligible. Well, Cue alien music or whatever the hell that conspiracy music (laughs) is, but bang. Well, well, that's a good one. This is a real good one. 
It's an interesting one. Credit to Cam Luke for bringing this up with me. This isn't my own intellectual property. This is That's Cam Luke good. that brought this, this one up. With it me. sounded like someone had done more research <laughs> than what you're capable of. So, good job, Cam Luke. Like that, that's an interesting one. Obviously, I think United are nine and one with him coming yep. off the bench yeah. this season. So obviously, there's that value of it. Uh, I mean, well, there is the chance that I'm looking into it too deeply. Does actually care about the six man of the year award? Like, is is if it I'm the- Chris Goulding, I'm saying, hey, coach, just start me this one, so I'm not eligible. Like, he's too good to be winning an off the bench award. Like, <laughs> like, what's more valuable, referee of the year or <laughs> six man of the year? Like, they're, they're both nothing oh, they, awards. They yeah. better announce referee of the year early because if I'm <laughs> if I'm ten beers down by the time that award comes out, then I'm getting can vocal. I, can can <laughs> we can we all agree? We watch enough games week to week. It's part of our job. This is what yeah. we do. Yeah. We watch games. The two main referees that are full-time, Michael Allen and Vaughn Maybury, have been fucking terrible this year. <laughs> they have been woeful. Right. <laughs> like this, if if one of those two get the award, it's just like it's a sham. Well, we'll have to go to one of them. <laughs> he said it's a sham. It's a sham. <laughs> <laughs> it's an absolute sham. Like, there there have been other refs that have done a much better job than those two this year. Well, someone year. like Daniel Battier, who has been a fantastic official this year, he's one of the referees. And I'm not sure whether he's full-time or not, but... I didn't know he's full-time because I've never heard that guy's name before. Oh, no, he's ref quite a few. Yeah, 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 no, because I'm always quite hard on the refs when I when I commentate the games. Okay. I'm quite hard on them and I should yeah. probably lay back. But that's always one name where I'm like, you know what, I haven't actually said much negative. And I looked at, I looked at the names at the end of the year and I was like... And I've, I, rec- I know the guy, like I've recognised him. So it's, he's definitely out what does there he look like? <laughs> Balder sort of guy. Not the totally bald, a little bit of hair guy. Balder, a little bit of hair. I think you know the one. Sharp shoulders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got I got Tony Caldwell. How does he look? As official of the year? <laughs> she is a blonde. <laughs> oh, oh, my bad. She my is bad, a blonde. Tony. Tony Caldwell, to <laughs> me, has been the best referee because... <laughs> Because Felix is yeah, done. Yeah, done. <laughs> what does he look like? What are those? Tony, you, you're, you're, I had actually forgotten about Tony. She Tony, is Tony has been great because she, you don't recognize her in a game. As like, you shouldn't recognize referees. If, what, right. The best quality about a referee is if you don't notice that they're there. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> With, so to, just jumping on the referees again, and look, I hate, I understand the referees have such a difficult job and they are all good dudes off the court. So it is hard to come at some of these guys. Like actually Michael Allen's a really good guy. But <laughs> the issue is let that charge block call. Which one? Melbourne versus Adelaide on Dave Barlow. Found him out of the game. Okay. Oh, just a yeah. absolute. Okay. So be so. Oh, so, man, that was bad. I don't know how much attention you've paid to referees when you were playing in the league. Mm. You didn't play in long enough <laughs> in the league. <laughs> but, I got whistled for one yeah. bad foul. And one on Ramon Moore. I'll never forget it. But <laughs> if if you went into an uh, opposing venue and you saw Michael Allen walking in, you knew you were halfway fucked already. <laughs> Some of the refs, you was like, oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> is there anyone else in the league that loves a hometown call more than Michael Allen. And he was the one that called the charge on the Dave job. Barlow. I got a call from Werlow. Oh. And I got a call from Werlow after the Perth-Melbourne game. I remember that. Saying, Did you say that shit? <laughs> after the, the charge call on Casper Ware. They're, oh, they're like, and like, Dave Barlow's a strong dude. Yeah. We, we all know it. He's a strong oh, yeah. dude. 
Ox. But he didn't plow over Sobey like he that. Didn't, no. He took his time. He was a crab dribble. He was take, it was a crab dribble. But it was so exaggerated for me that it was I I couldn't I couldn't believe the time. And Barlow's a dude that very, very rarely gets visibly frustrated. Can and I just he say he was pissed. He he doesn't get visibly frustrated. He was frustrated all game. Yeah, he was. He was a little wet because he got the two early ones as well. He was frustrated all game. Yeah. And this is where Venky Joyce, his value will come in come finals 100%. time. 100%. We can see it. We can see bits of it. He's just getting used to the pace of the yeah, game. Yeah, absolutely. It, like, it took Ray bogey. Turner a little time in Sydney right. to get used to the pace of the game and you know playing against these experienced bigs. It's taken Venky a little bit of time. His value in the finals oh, it's is going to be, gonna yeah, be massive. Especially when you play that small ball lineup against Sydney. Because we did not it on. trist the process at all. No, and Trist is off in Colombia right now, I believe. Playing, he's signed with the European team. He's That's over good. there right now, which is good. You've got to, you've got, you got to get a out. Job, and do it. you got a job. You got to get That's a job. Yeah, yeah, now you're getting double pay. So man, double no pay, double See, pay. Oh man, I was always pissed at those dudes that got double pay. Like, if you're shitty enough, like, <laughs> I thought, I thought, <laughs> like, get your ass fired. Yeah, I thought, like, why wouldn't I just try and get myself fired one year and well, then Kyle pick up Adam a contract somewhere else? Like. Why do I have to be fucking good at basketball? <laughs> like, no, no, no. What you you know gotta, what I'm talking yeah. about, right? No, no, no. You you're you're not going dudes. anywhere, Worthy. You're yeah. not going anywhere. Yeah. I'll tell you what. you got to get to my level where you get fired and then you don't get picked up. So you just get no pay whatsoever. Oh. Oh. That's the way to do it. Trust always, me, that's the way it's done. Because now I'm getting more money doing other I things. Heard that those I always stories. <laughs> I always heard those stories of people. I was like, yep, they got rid of me, but they're still paying me and I got picked up. So now I'm what getting paid. What about Gilbert Arenas in the NBA? He was the second highest player in the league after he brought a strap into the locker room and he got kicked out of the league. Second highest player in the league. He's playing at the YMCA with Nick Young. That's crazy. And he's still, he's still like for two years, he was the highest paid player in the league. Yeah. That was wild. Okay, so let's get into some of the games now because the NBA... We'll, we'll, we'll touch on some of the other awards as they go on. I feel like some of them are already far gone. Like Harry Froling's Rookie of the Year. Yep. Lock. There's no question on that. Yep. Most yep. Improved is an interesting one. Here we get, I'll, give you, I'll give you a little one on Most Improved. Dave Barlow, a nominee. Now, Most Improved, it says it in the writing. It's over your whole career. Now, Dave Barlow had some massive seasons with the Melbourne Tigers that are way better than what he's done this year. He had a sore back last year. So he's... Recovered from a sore back. If that's an award, then yes, give it to him. But well, didn't Paul Rogers win most improved after he'd won an MVP? See, if, if that's the case, then, then Dave, Dave Barlow should, should win it. If, if the precedent's should, there, he shouldn't, but he should according to precedent. Is it is his season better improvement than what Nick Kay has done from Illawarra to Perth? Well, if we're talking about, because right now it just seems like they're going from the previous season. Like Dave Barlow was only good in the finals last year because he's injured throughout the whole year. So he barely did anything. He was injured for four years. Yeah, so he's injured for a long time, and now he's back. And credit to—I actually wouldn't mind seeing just as a reward for look, this dude's worked his ass off on his body to get himself back. I wouldn't mind seeing him get the award, but I don't think—I think that there's other people. Nick Kay, for example, I think he's definitely up there, which is hard because he was so good at Illawarra. But I think that Bryce Cotton, all the talk of Bryce Cotton, people forget how much Nick Kay has done for this Wildcats team. I no, think- I mean, I know you've got Sean Long in the All-Star 5 over Nick Kay, and you probably argue that now. You couldn't argue that a month ago. You'd say that there yeah, probably I'd, was... I'd probably roll with Corey on that one. I think yeah. you've got to go with Sean Long. I think, I think you have to now as well, that you'd have to put in Sean Long off his volume of work that he's done, especially in this back end of the season. Uh, and it's just dynamic numbers. It's not, But Nick Kay has been a stable contributor... All season long for the Perth Wildcats, by far the second best player and most second most valuable player in that team. Like 
It goes Cotton, Nick Kay, then Damian Martin, in my opinion. Yeah. We got to talk about wait, Damian Martin. Da- yeah, well, we'll Damian Martin, Jesus Christ. Let's let Corey roll on that because yo, you've listen. been pretty outspoken on this during Please, the week. Please. Ex- yo, first of all, this and is Perth the most- Wildcats fans rejoice as I assume something positive <laughs> is about to come out of Corey's mouth about Perth. Stand together, West Australia. Yo, this man, after the game, he hit the biggest shot of the season for him. Ties up the game against Sydney. Bryce Cotton takes over from there. After the game, he goes while getting fish and chips <laughs> on his way home, saves a man and a dog. Is that a out movie, of a, man? A Berman oh. building. Wait, and the kicker goes back in and gets his laptop just in case he's got photos on his laptop that he wants saved. Oh my god. I tell you, it'd be funny if the dude ends up getting arrested for having some suspect on his laptop. <laughs> and he's like, oh, no, throw it back in, throw it back in. Do you know a better Australian? Then Damian Martin. Look, it's tough, man. Look, if he saves a, if he saves a cat out of a tree on MVP night, then yeah, Dude. he'll be up there. But then he goes home and just eats the fish and chips. He didn't talk about it or anything. Goes to practice the next day. Didn't even bring it up. How crispy were the fish and chips by the time he got out of that thing? <laughs> Amazing, man. That is. That's it is unbelievable, incredible. though. He's the gem of the NBL in terms of and everything that people should aspire to as as a professional sporting. One hundred percent. I think people just need to book him for his business. Well, he's a real estate. He's a, he's a real he's estate, a real agent. estate agent. And a, Go and through Dan right. Martin. I'm telling you what. If Perth wasn't such an absolutely derelict, boring place, then I would definitely buy a house. Oh my off god, Damian Martin in Perth. He Woo! needs to get into the Melbourne real estate That's market, incredible. and then we can talk. Dude, that is incredible. No, he's absolutely unbelievable. Now let's get into the games. For this weekend, because some of them have a massive, massive impact on what's going to happen. Mostly, well, we could say mostly for the title contenders in terms of Melbourne and Sydney and where they can finish. Sydney, best they can finish is second. Melbourne and Perth first. They're running for that first spot. And it'll most likely, if they take care of Cairns tonight, it'll most likely come down to that Perth game. But the big one is the Adelaide 36ers and Brisbane fighting for that fourth spot. And I think that's the one that most people will pay attention to. And I, for one, hope... That Adelaide dropped the game. Who are they playing? I believe it's Perth. They play Perth and play- Perth on Friday night, tomorrow night. And then Brisbane will play New Zealand on Saturday, Saturday, which we hope comes down to Brisbane having to win to make the finals because that's what we want in these things. You want one game, make or break. And that's going to be tough because whenever you come up against a team, it's like Mel- I'm worried about Melbourne and Cairns tonight because whenever you come up against a team that has nothing to lose, their season's over. They don't fear death, if you will, for quite to put that in quite a dark way. They don't fear death. You're coming up against those teams and you've got everything to play for. All the pressure's on you. They've got nothing to lose. It doesn't change their season. Well, the Taipans actually played Melbourne really well this season. Like, I know it's 3-0 yeah. to, to Melbourne, but if you look over the course of the 12 quarters that Mike they've Kelly, played... Mike Kelly, assistant coach. Yeah, the 12 quarters that they've played so far this season, it's actually 6-6. Mm. And after three-quarter time on aggregate, the Taipans are actually up... 18, but have been outscored by 43 points in the fourth quarter. That's where Melbourne's done their work versus Cairns this season. That being said, Melbourne are playing for first place. Cairns are playing for pride. They're trying to send Alex Loughton off with some sort of, like they got the job done at home the other week um, versus Brisbane. But you say that you want Brisbane in. I'm, I'm going for Adelaide. Like, I think if you lose to the Taipans three times, you don't deserve to play playoffs. I agree. So that's just me personally. But, you know, I think I said a couple of weeks ago, 
it was always going to come down to the final round that you was going to decide that. this final position yeah. and it's gone to script. Yeah. The NBL couldn't have asked for a better script. And it's not only for fourth spot, but first spot. Like the last game of the season is probably going to see who finishes on top of the ladder. Oh, it's beautiful. And so they've scripted out well. It's gone to plan. Hopefully there's a couple overtime games just to throw in the mix this weekend <laughs> as well. But, man, it's been a great season. I think um, Brisbane is going to win versus New Zealand. I think Sean Long might not even play. Why? Oh, that's a scoop. What? He might not play. Why? What do you know? I don't know anything, but I'm just thinking like this. If I'm Sean Long, I killed the league. I did my work. I know I got a job somewhere He's else. Got the, he won the MVP uh, last the, night. At the dinner. At the dinner. <laughs> at the dinner last night. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, so. No, he'll play. He'll play. I don't he'll play. play. 100%. I get what you're saying. If I get I'm what him, I wouldn't play. I don't want to risk injury. Yeah. It's for nothing. It's I for nothing. I don't think he's going that hard, but I Why think he's play? out there. I'm a, I'm yeah. A, if I'm not playing for playoffs, our season is done. I got a job to go to in a couple of days, I'm sure. Why play? But you know what it's like. These, these clubs will hold out pay if he doesn't play. They're not holding out pay. No, not for him. Because I know they want to give him a multi-year deal. Well, it depends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if those you know talks are on him, he's got, he's got leverage. leverage. If he's got leverage, then yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm yeah. out. Like, why play? Why you want me to play? He ain't coming back to the NBL. I'm just saying. You can't get some... You. It's like most imports. you got to get lucky at some point. Someone like a Scotty Wilberkin who came into the league one year, killed it was worth too much for anyone in the league to hold on to after that. Right. Sean Long and the numbers that he's produced. Like, we can always get import point guards in Australia. Right. He's such a European big as well, Sean Long. But this. but the value of having a quality import big, big. in this league yeah. is invaluable. 100%. Especially now the bogeyman looks like he's going to be hanging around for a while. And so yeah. Sydney, obviously, they got bogeyed. They're set for the next couple of seasons. Melbourne, it's going to be interesting what they do with Boone because Boone's played really well in this back end of the season. But if last year his age was an issue, this year, then this year, that's going to be a bigger issue. And they took forever to make a decision on him. Like, I'm sure Melbourne will go after Sean Long. Both Melbourne teams. Look, Creek is gone. I'm telling you right now, Creek is gone. He's gone. He's going to NBA. Next year, he will be in the league. This is my opinion. Yep. And that's it. They got to focus on somebody else. Here's the other issue with that Southeast Melbourne and Mitch Creek. If he does get an NBA gig, then he's going to get it right. He's not going to get it straight away at the start of you know, NBA preseason. He's going to have to happen. work. No, 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 no. He's going to have to work his way through training camp, right. summer league, all of that, which is going to leave Southeast Melbourne in a really, really shit position because it's going to be right at the end of it where virtually all imports are taken, all decent imports. So it's going to be tough for them if he does got, get the gig. At least I've got Sobe. That's it, Emma Jock, Dan. <laughs> Look, if I'm half, half of Adelaide, <laughs> maybe Maddie Hodgson. I listen, I, that's a whole nother story. They're going to have guys. Look, Ben Madsen's out there. He's voiced that. I'm, I'm sure he's one that they say, look, if we can't get Creek, then. I'm sure Tommy Greer and his guys, they've got a plan. And they've got a backup plan just in case this does happen. Does it leave him in a shit position? Yes. But with the ability, like, most imports don't get signed till late in the NBL because everyone's chasing that NBA dream. They've got to go to summer league. Yeah. Every team's there. They try and find their guys. You try and secure guys before another team poaches them, all that sort of stuff. We've seen 
Brisbane bring in Lamar Patterson once the season started. There are quality players out there that they'll be able to bring in. They just might not have the roster that they want to to start off next season. I'm telling you right now, that team is looking for big guns. I am telling you right Did now. Did they actually hire you? No. <laughs> but uh, a foundation I'm just telling you right in? now, the imports they are aiming for are not typical imports that you see in the NBL. I'm leaving it like that. I hope so. I'm telling I you right now. I hope there's something big coming. I hope there's something big they coming. I hope we're talking are, on the upper end of the spectrum, listen, not the lower end of the we spectrum. Talking we're going to get a couple end. of big V imports. <laughs> yeah, that's what you're saying. I'm just saying. They aiming big. Stephen Holt's coming back. Oh, <laughs> where is Stephen Holt? If Trish could find a job, Stephen Holt could find. Oh, a yeah, job. he went to he's Europe. Pl- he's playing over in Europe. Okay, yeah, which enough. is annoying because we lost <laughs> a lot of content on our podcast once Stephen Holt left. <laughs> <laughs> We're really enjoying that. But okay, before we wrap this thing up, finals approaching. Who have we got? Is there is there any clear front runner at the moment, or is it a flip of coin, Sydney, Melbourne, Perth? I think that I can't go past. Look, fuck, I can't. Don't say coin. it. Hell no, I'm not saying it. That ain't never happening. Oh, I know. I know why he doesn't want to say it because I know there's a certain team that he thinks is going to win it and he doesn't want to admit it because he's been going on about said third import all year. They're not winning shit. <laughs> They're imports, sure. I don't want them to win, but I kind of do. There's a they little part down inside of me that wants winning to come back in the studio. <laughs> They're not winning anything. But um, oh, okay. it's hard to go past Melbourne United. I thought the Sydney Kings would be able to win this thing. But they have to go through these two teams. Yeah, I, I, look, I, I put Sydney, I put Sydney at third for me in terms yeah. of who's going to get it done. I got Melbourne. Melbourne United, wise. all they got to yeah. do is win at home. Yeah. They're going to smack Cairns tonight. Smack them. Sunday, they have an extra day of rest when there's going to be an arm wrestle out west. Yeah. Who's jumping on the flight the next day and got to play the next day. So I give it. All they got to do is win at home. And I got Melbourne there, United kept, finishing on the top. They've kept their roster relatively together, apart from one massive exclusion, which I'm not sure that's actually going to affect in myself, their playoff run. I think they should be pretty, <laughs> pretty steady with that. Vince Cavalli can, can rest assured that the team will not be too much affected. Were they? Uh, I've got a Sydney-Melbourne grand final. I think this rest period... The NBL just got rock hard when you said that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Uh <laughs> I, I think Sydney go up another level come finals. They've got an experienced crew and they've rolled with those seven or eight players all season. They haven't really deviated off the plan too much. They've gone with seven or eight players, which is what playoffs is all about, a shorter rotation. So the bench guys that normally get minutes uh, for Perth, for example, they won't get the minutes. You've already got uh, Norton down. So now Damian Martin has a heavier workload, which I don't know works in their favor. Um, I I just see those two, Melbourne and Sydney, making it to the grand final. So do I. Yeah, I got to agree with you on that. I think that Sydney, Melbourne, and look, I wish that was as much as Sydney can't finish first, so we can't have game five potentially if it did go to that point in Sydney. But that would have been cool because I reckon they could have got 17,000 at Kudos Mac Arena for well, a Game they, 5 final. If they could get 11,500 when I was playing for Game 5, Sydney Kings versus Melbourne Tigers back then, they could yeah. definitely get 17,000 I reckon they, I reckon they could push that out and get that done. 
easily, which hopefully if it does happen, that game one in Sydney in the grand final series, they just pack that thing out because that would be really cool. Which, which would be cool. And I, look, I hope it goes to, I, as a, just a fan of the NBL with no bias towards any select team, I want it to go to five games You've got every bias, game mate. in overtime. Who's oh, your what? best mate? Who's your best mate who plays for Sydney? Oh, Dane Pinot. Yeah, no, okay. I've got bias there, but I also I also want to see. Look, I've also got Melbourne. Who was your Melbourne Siebel United coach? have been very good to me. So who I, was I your Siebel coach? Justin Shuler. <laughs> He's Melbourne. So I have bias. See, that's the issue because i got bias to every team. Oh, okay. That okay. sort of thing. And, and my only bias to Perth is because I just want to be able to just sit there and scroll through my Twitter feed if Perth wins. <laughs> Corey's sitting there on Twitter. Can you? Can but we... I also can't wait if they go out. It goes either way. If they go out first, first round, I'll be just as happy because I'll be able to just watch Corey just go absolutely ham on social media. Mate, can you just tell us, is the security for real there for you and your safety in Perth? They don't no. have it in any other game. No, like the security guard that sits behind me. I know there's usually, me. it's just for you. They, yeah, no other games. Like you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have a security guy at Cairns. Mate, I've got a yeah. back wall behind me, so. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody <laughs> to watch you back, no, you're good. Yeah, I'm ain't good. Behind there ain't nothing behind There's usually my son every now and then when I th- take him to the game with me. But besides that, no, I'm good. I got a funny story about a finals game that I commentated in Perth. So when I was still playing. And uh, we got knocked out and we weren't playing finals. And so they sent me to Perth to be the sideline reporter. And it was Cairns versus uh, the Wildcats, the season that the Taipans made it to the grand final. Dan, yeah. Dan Dillon, Ron Dorsey? Yeah. No, no, uh, the, the, sec- the second. Oh, the second the, one. Uh, Wilbican and uh, Tory oh, Craig okay. and yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So. Um, Shout out to Fern, man. Where yeah. is Fern? Fern's over college coach. Okay. College, yep. yeah, doing well. Dude. Yeah. Seems not doing so, too bad. So. I get there way before the game because I haven't done a sideline commentary gig before and, you know, I do my research and go talk to a few players and all that and then I go into the back room, you know, where the production meetings are and all that and I sort of stay in there until it's time to go out to the game, right? So you go from an empty stadium to a full stadium. All red. All red, right? Finals. And so you're just there to commentate and you sort of just get lost like you're actually there to watch the game as well as a fan of basketball. Yeah. And so I'm walking around the court to get to my position on the court and someone's like, hey, Wertho, I'm, like, I'm a WA boy, right? So I'm like, could be a friend. Could be, could, <laughs> could could be, be a friend. <laughs> could be a friend. Could be a family member. Right. You don't know, you know. Right. You're, you're back home in your home state. You turn around. So you turn around and he's like, Fuck you! <laughs> and I'm like, yep. Oh, yep back, man, in I'm WA. back in WA. Oh my God. You get that walking around the street over there. Yeah, man. Uh, well, that is a perfect note to end on. And we are happy Valentine's Day as well for everyone. <laughs> happy Valentine's Day. But we got the awards night coming up on Sunday, which is going to be a big one to see all the best players in the league crowned. And a couple, there's going to be a couple of interesting ones. Most of them seem fairly set in stone, but the MVP one, Bryce Cotton, Andrew Bogut. And Casper Ware is going to be massive. You want to follow these guys on Twitter, at Homicide at Wertho33. Jump on there. We look forward to talking to you guys, discussing the winners of these awards and getting ready for a massive NBL final. So tune in next week and have a good one. Listener.